Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast Midweek Show. We got something special for you. We're coming at a special time. Um, last night I was traveling Salt Lake City. Uh, shit was got a little hectic at work. Didn't get to make it out. Pushed my flight back, so we didn't get to have the the uh, the show last night. But you know, good things uh, things happen for for special reasons, man. And today we've got a special guest, a blast from the past. You know, one of the guys that you know him in Seattle signed were the guys that made me call into the old show back in the day. Those are the guys that gave me that that bigger to want to talk boxing. Uh, we're talking about a guy that came up with the phrase Cooney country when talking about something that, you know, we've seen far too often when it comes to boxing, the double standards, when it comes to certain type of boxers. Talking about a guy that's been, been on a hiatus for a while, getting something I like to call a doctorate. So I'm going to bring in our special guest, man, for this midweek show, my man, Dr. MCH. MCH, what's poppin', my man? Damon Wilson, OBP Boxing Team, salute. This is the one and only Dr. Michael Carpenter Harris representing the 304 West Virginia Stand Up, the famous birthplace of Emmanuel Stewart, Jerry West, Randy Moss, and now, Dr. Michael Carpenter Harris, Damon, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. If I may, first off, I would just want to say thank you to you, man, to the, uh, to be able to speak to the boxing audience again. You know, this is like a new era in boxing radio from the past. You know, like it's like old things have passed away and things have become new. There were some uh there were some things from the past that I had to kind of pay homage to, you know, and uh talking specifically about my man Nino Chellick. My man Nino Chellick was a real true blue guy, Janelle Parkinson being another one. You know, those were some uh some dudes that reached out to me and I appreciated it. So I definitely paid some homage to them. Um 
I'm here today to talk boxing, and let's get to it. All right, most definitely, man. Like you said, hey, we're hey, glad to have you on. Been trying to get you on for a long time, but I know you have bigger fish to fry. But luckily we got you on, and hopefully we can get you, uh, you know, coming on with the rest of the team. Um, let's get started, man. Let's talk about – let's just talk about these uh, – the fights this week. Usually on the wind on the week, the midweek show, we preview the fights coming up. You know, last week we had a good fight. Um, in fact, before we go into all of that for the fights this week, we haven't we haven't heard from you in a while. Give us your break. Uh, give us your breakdown of the fights last week. Uh, Spence versus Garcia. How did you see that going? Um, did you see the washing happening like like it like it happened? Did you think Spence could box that good? Did Spence not look that good to you? You know, break that down for us, man. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I saw that in Spence. You know, I knew Spence was one of the great talents of the day, one of the great talents of this generation. Mikey Garcia obviously had bitten off a lot more than he can chew coming up two weight divisions like that. Um, if it was more, if he could have come up in more of a natural way, you know, on paper it's a great matchup. But, you know, the physics just do not work in this scenario. And let me say this, Mikey Garcia did not do what he would have needed to do in order to win that fight. Now, I'll just say this, Mikey Garcia likes to stand straight up and box over top of fighters. That's what he likes to do. Now, Mikey Garcia goes to the body. He doesn't go to the body a whole lot. But in this particular matchup, he saw at round four, Mikey Garcia was going to have to bend his knees and get under Errol Spence. Errol Spence was too long. He was too good on the outside, keeping Mikey Garcia on the outside. Mikey was going to have to bend his knees and get under Errol, and he was not willing to do it. Uh, almost like what Floyd, he was, going to have to, he was going to have to go straight at Errol all night long too. And he was just not willing to do it. Almost like what Floyd did. With uh, Shane, almost, there's a little bit of it there. When uh, Shane hit Floyd with the big shot, Floyd was trying to stay on the outside. Floyd realized he was going to have to go to where the danger was, go into the eye of the storm. And Mikey Garcia, it it appeared to me to be more laziness in my eyes. But Mikey Garcia was going to have to bend his knees and get underneath Arrow and hit Arrow in the body and then bring the shot to the top. And he just appeared unwilling to do it. Did you think that uh, Mikey had a chance to win going into the fight? No. Did you think Mikey was gonna? Okay. Did you think it was gonna? No, be a no I don't. I don't think he had two type of deal. No, I don't. I don't think he had any real chance of winning. I mean, I mean, you really the only the only round that I would have honestly even dreamed of giving him would be the second round, and I honestly don't think you know he won that round. So uh, you know, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Mikey Garcia honestly won any rounds at all. You know, there were some rounds where he looked better than just standing there trying to evade blows. But you know, for the most part, you know, it wasn't really. It wasn't truly competitive. No, yeah, it definitely was competitive. I was there uh, live, and uh, I gave oh, Mikey wow. the first two rounds. Yeah, I was there. I gave Mikey the first two rounds, but um, you know, that might be because. Mikey is one of my – I like Mikey more than I like Spence. He's on my hierarchy of light fighters. But I figured I had Mikey's probably getting the TKO'd in the 10th or the 9th, and that almost happened. But, you know, you did mention one of the old guys, and he's not older than this. He's, uh, you know, one of our guys that's been rocking with us for a while. 
my man Janelle from the East Coast is on. I told him you were going to be on. He said he had to get on. Blast from the past. Let's get it. Let's holler at my sure. man Janelle. Janelle, what's popping, man? We we on we on uh, the midweek show with Doctor MCH. Pay your respects, sir. Hey, what's going on, man? How y'all, what's going on? How y'all doing? Y'all back Janelle, on the Godfrey's fight? Chilling, uh, chilling, no, man. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just getting his uh, since we haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, I was just getting his uh, his opinion on the fight. But yeah, we're just gonna. We, but really, we're just starting, man. So. You know, we've got a uh, – let's talk about the fights going on this week before we start to talk about the Wilder press conference, uh, A.B. Uh, versus the Gays and the zone uh, going up to 1999 all of a sudden. So this week we've got uh, – the, the fights ain't looking too good. Saturday we've got some uh, U.K.-British fighters on ESPN, Sam Bowen versus uh, Jordy McCory. have no idea who those guys are. Honestly, I don't know much about neither one of those guys, so I can't even speak on it, man. Yeah, it's a brother, brother <laughs> featherweight title. Nobody gives a shit about that. Uh, we we got Pulev is fighting uh, on ESPN against uh, Dinu. Uh, Pulev, 26-1, 13 KOs. Um, this guy, Dinu, is 18-1, 14 KOs. Just a heavyweight fight on ESPN. Any of y'all have any... Anything to say about that? Anything about Pulev? Anything? These I don't got nothing. Really, I don't got really nothing. Only one of those fights, man. I never yeah, seen those guys fight. Kubrat. So it's like, you haven't seen Kubrat Pulev fight in a long time, and it, it wasn't anything sensational. He was more of an opponent. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what ESPN is doing with these fights, but Sunday there is an all right fight um, on Fox Sports One. We've got uh, Lamont Peterson versus uh, Sergey Lipinitz. Uh Both of these guys aren't really world beaters. Not really. Uh, you know, I think Lamont Peterson is a former world champion. But, you know, he's been getting washed as of lately. He's washed you know, his up, pants man. Are getting, he's washed up. Yeah, his shorts are getting shorter, and his uh, chin is getting uh, is getting uh, looser. Sergey Lipinitz, uh he's all right. Uh, but I think that might be a pretty good uh, scrap, man. Um, MCH, you into that fight at all? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely think that's going to be a very good fight to watch. Um, you know, Sergey's going to be coming forward all night long. Lamont's going to be boxing him, and he's going to be obliging him. Uh, it'd be a great fight to see live. But, you know, this is a crossroads fight. Uh, you know, neither one of these guys are probably going to be future world champions. You know, they may get a shot at the title. Um, ideally, you know, that that would be, you know, their their greatest dream at this point would be to get another shot at the world title. But, you know, in reality, that, that might not happen. But winning this fight will put them in contention for that. So, really, that's that's what this fight is. So, uh, it's, you can definitely enjoy it for what it is, with all that being said, because it, sh- it should be a very good fight, because both of these men know that their careers are on the line. You know, there's respect, their respect is on the line. Not to say that they lose their career will be over, but, you know, they'd be relegated to uh, the B category in a decided fashion. So, uh, this, would be a, this should be a good fight. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but, uh, I think uh, Peterson's coming off the L to Earl Spence. Um, I think uh, Mikey Garcia, uh, uh, lifting his last L was against Mikey Garcia. He went, uh, he got a unanimous uh, ass beating, out, um, if I remember correctly. Um, 
but I think this is a good fight. These guys, both of these guys, I think Lamar Peterson more than anything. He's on the last string, so he needs this win. Pulev is coming. I mean, not Pulev. Um, Lippinitz is coming off a win against Eric Boone back in, what is that, 8, 7, July, August, and August. So, uh, yeah, I think we've got a good fight. It's on Sunday. I'm not really sure why that is, but Sunday on Fox Sports 1. I think I'll probably check it out if I got time. We'll see how it goes. But as far as the fight, that's um, not really a lot going on this weekend. I think the zone, of course, has some fights, but that's some some UK bums that we're not really talking about right now. But the reason why I'm happy that MCH was able to come today because uh, you know he wrote he he texted me the other day about about Wilder and the Wilder situation going on with uh you know the press conference with Brazil with Wilder turning down a hundred million dollars to stay with uh with Finkel and Al Heyman and, and the guys at Showtime. Um we got to see a very animated Deontay Wilder. And when you know they had the press conference while Wilder came up, he's talking, he's doing a lot of talking. And me and JP, you know, uh, another a co-host of the show, we usually have this thing where, you know, when Deontay Wilder talks, it just it it hurts me deep inside the way he talks because I like Deontay Wilder. I think good for the box. I think that he's a good dude. But he talks so much and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He said no, he knows what he's talking about, but he can't he can't relay that to the people. He says a lot of shit that doesn't make any sense. But you can sort of get the gist of what he's saying. But he's so country and he's and he's so uneducated. And I hate to say that as a black man, but his education level isn't high. For him to be talking so much just makes it just blows my mind that people let him talk because it's sort of like, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like the, it's not that he's cooning, but for some reason that seems like a, it seems coon-like to me to be talking like you know what you're talking about and you're speaking these big words, but you, you're not putting them in the right context. It's crazy to me. But I like Deontay Wilder. I have liked Deontay Wilder. I'm a supporter of Deontay Wilder, 100%. I have, you know, everybody's imperfect, and that's the thing that I don't like about him is the way he talks, the way he talks with, the, with just like the country, uneducated talking that he does. And, and not and not only does he talk like that, he talks all the fucking time, and he doesn't shut up when he's out there. But I always ride with him. But after this last press conference, it really it really touched me the wrong way. It was like I was watching him, and I'm like, what the hell is Deontay Wilder doing? It looks like he knows that everybody's like, why the hell did you – just turned down a hundred million dollars. So he had to put it on this buffoonery to the 10,000th level. And MCH, man, you te- you hit me with a text and you had some good points, man. Can you break down how you felt about Wilder, how you feel about Wilder now after seeing that press conference um, and get into the whole thing about, you know, Brazil how Brazil got jumped by Wilder and his brother. Wilder talking about it was only him. But then the way he said it was, the way I saw it, it was only me. I was walking in by myself, but he wasn't really talking about the rest of the guys. 
And if he was by himself, how did his brother hit the guy in the back of the head? Wilder's turning into almost chump-like to me, almost. He ain't there all the way, but he's leaning to a guy that I might not really appreciate that much because he's sort of acting like, I don't know, it seems like he's trying to play both sides. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. MCH, I mean, Dr. MCH. You know, give us your take on all this, my, my brother. No, you're good. You're good, my man. You can just say MCH. That's all good, man. You know, we got to maintain our humility whenever we achieve anything because it's only through God's grace. But let me say this, man. Deontay Wilder loses control. Whenever he feels like he's not being perceived or just the right way or something he says isn't being perceived just the right way or if he feels disrespected, he loses all his class, he loses all his self-control. And he cannot allow that to happen. Just get up there and just say anything like that, that's not the way to win fans. That's not the way to demonstrate self-respect. It just creates just a nasty spectacle. That press conference just became unwatchable, what it ended up dissolving into. And, you know, I think that's the first issue with Deontay. Lately he has been losing control since the Tyson Fury fight. And, you know, let me say this. You know, I think that Deontay was thoroughly outboxed throughout 12 rounds. And, you know, I would not have been upset if Tyson Fury would have got the decision, although I was admittedly rooting for Deontay Wilder, even though it was getting difficult for me at that point. Like, I I really, truly stopped being a Deontay Wilder fan when I first heard about this incident because Deontay Wilder's name and his stature as, as the uh, American heavyweight champion is too big for him to be accosting that man around his family. And, you know, I just let me say this. I totally understand, like, your little brother, you want to protect your little brother. I was just like that, you know, coming up with my little brother, you know, like, you can mess with me, but don't mess with my little brother, and you really couldn't even mess with me, but definitely don't mess with my little fan that. But when you achieve a stature like Deontay Wilder, you have to have enough wisdom about yourself. When you achieve that type of stature to conduct yourself in a certain way, now, you know, you know, Brazil seems like a reasonable enough guy. You know, he knows when he's out, man. You know, he's got his family there. The position that he's in in this press conference is, you know, is really uncomfortable to even watch for him and the things that he's even saying. You know, I don't even want to excuse him in this situation. But the whole thing is really a ridiculous spectacle. And uh, I've sort of... You know, it's very difficult to be a Deontay Wilder fan through all this. You know what I mean? And I think it all stems, it all began, this whole thing where Deontay just really started just really losing control and stopped caring, uh, you know, about how he was perceived or stopped, you know, caring about whether or not he was perceived as someone in control of his actions. But uh, I think this all occurred around the, the Tyson Fury point when, First, when first take, when Tyson Fury seemed to be the guy who was the better talker and who seemed to be out talking uh, Deontay Wilder, and then in the fight, of course, he outfought Tyson Fury. I mean, uh, excuse me, Tyson Fury outfought Deontay Wilder. So, ever since that point, that's what I would point back to. But it seems like Deontay Wilder from that point has been coming a little bit unglued. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I forgot, you know, I forgot about all that. You taking your brains out and I'm going to, you know, finish him Mortal Kombat. Now, even though that was funny, he has, you know, Wilder has, when he sits and thinks about what he's saying, he's a good, he has some good comebacks. He has some good lines. And you're right. I think it's all from the Fury thing. You know, I think it's just, I don't understand it. I, like you said, I'm still going to ride with Wilder. You know, I'm still, I'm still fucking with him. That's still one of my guys that I'm riding with. But it, like you said, it's getting, it's getting harder and harder for me. When you, that jumping the guy, it's all good, whatever. But what I saw, to me, what I saw is a guy who knows he was, knows he's, he was wrong twice. A guy that know that he jumped the guy in front of his family, so he had to do a little more, you know, and a guy that knows that everybody's wondering why you didn't take $100 million to fight over the, to fight the same guy. Why do you take $20 million to fight Brazil or $28 million or however many he was, however many million he's supposed to get, and he's not going to get anywhere close because of loyalty. MCH, um, you know, they say, you know, me and you, are, we're, we're sort of on the same type of lines when it comes to this, this uh, the colorism in boxing and how, you know, you know, race plays a big, a big thing in boxing. But, you know, Akun is a guy that, that, you know, performs for the white man. He does all this. But what is, what is, but what I told my man JP that being super loyal to a guy, now I don't know if he's loyal to Shelly Finkel. The word is he's loyal to Shelly Finkel, not really Al Heyman. But being super loyal to the guy is just as dumb as being a coon. You got to try to, he's not going to make $100 million. Do you see, do you see him, like, how do, how do you see this whole him turning down $100 million, his explanation of, you know, just being loyal and he didn't want to lose, like, control of his, you know, of his own destiny and all this stuff that he was trying to talk about. Is he ducking AJ? Does he think he can get more money? How do you feel about this whole $100 million denial that he did? You know, remember AB that, uh, didn't mm-hmm. want to take $30 million from Jay-Z. He ain't made $30 million yet. He probably ain't never going to make $30 million, right? Did Wilder screw itself? Okay. Now, let me say this. Uh, to answer your question directly, I don't think so. Now, I agree with you that the reason why Deontay Wilder did not take the deal was not surely loyalty. Now, loyalty may have something to do with it, but what I think is the real issue is that Deontay Wilder has behind them one of the most brilliant businessmen around in Allen Heyman, Harvard-educated from Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, a lot of his record, you know, is shrouded in mystery, but this guy is brilliant. This guy raised uh, probably a billion dollars from Waddell and Reed on Wall Street, Um, you know, and he's made a lot of moves in the boxing game recently out of nowhere almost. So uh, the $100 million is $100 million. Now, reportedly, Al Heyman is a billionaire. Bob Heyman is a billionaire. The zone has billions of dollars behind them. $100 million is not going to be an issue. Now, let me say this. I think these guys are going to easily make $100 million. 
Now, at th- this the boxing business model, we've talked about it for a long time, and I kind of like to talk about it because that's one of my hobbies. But as the popularity of boxing has grown worldwide, particularly in Europe, and that's why they have been threatening to be the center of boxing for so long, to pull the, the popularity and center of boxing from Europe for so long, is that, you know, the popularity is growing so so much in Europe. But there is so much more money in boxing than there's ever been, and the market is larger, and now you have these big players wanting to invest in boxing. Right now it's the zone and ESPN that everyone thinks about. ESPN. Everybody sort of forgets about Showtime. Everybody, you know, sort of forgets about Showtime. But Deontay Wilder is letting you know by staying without Heyman that, you know, they are still a player. And, you know, with all that being said, just to go back to my original point, uh, the $100 million I don't think is going to be a fact. I think these guys are easily going to make $100 million or more. I don't think Deontay Wilder's made twenty million dollars. Well, um, I'll you know, say so this. how is he gonna come um, up and make a hundred million? Brazil, how much well, is he gonna get to fight Brazil? Three, two, one point four? You know, like I don't know, man. Like when I was, I'm a fan of his. Like what's this? So when he was explaining it, like I caught myself almost falling for it. Like, okay, yeah, I want to be loyal. And then, you know, then I listened to, uh, I think his name, Leon Muhammad. And we're going to go to Janelle. Janelle's back and we'll get his word on him. But I was listening to Leon Muhammad. Have you ever heard him talk? I think they call him One Tooth or something like that. He'd be on some shit talking, talking some shit on the internet. He's supposed to be some big boxing to, guy. I have to check on yeah, him. Like I've heard. I, yeah, yeah, Janelle probably knows. He's like a, you know, Muslim big boxing guy. He's talking. He's at all the fights. I think I don't really know who he is, but I just know he has a presence. But he was, you know, he was breaking it down that they, you know, that it's just the way he was breaking it down, it just seemed like Wilder is, is being dumb and he's not really seeing the big picture and he might not ever see that $100 million. But let's get Janelle. Janelle's back on. Janelle, uh, when you're off, we were talking about the uh, – the uh, what we talk Wilder Brazil press conference, everything that went on. Uh, me and uh, MCH are talking about how that that press conference sort of may have swayed us away from Wilder. MCH says he's not even really a fan of Wilder anymore. I'm still a fan, but the way he's been talking and the way the, the foolery that he's that he's doing, I'm sort of I'm still a fan, but it, it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, how do you did you see that press conference? How do you feel about it? the whole situation with him in Brazil, you know, his brother jumping him and him acting like his brother wasn't there, but his brother hit him in the back of the head. Well. Yo, my man, Dana. Well, Janelle ain't uh, Yeah, go ahead, man. I thought that was, yeah, Janelle ain't uh, Go ahead, bro. Uh, I just want to take that opportunity just to make one more point. And, and really, this is kind of the most important point. Just about what I was saying about you know, the different entities, the Showtimes, the, the Zones, and Al Heyman's, and the Bob Barham's, who are the billionaires, and then the 100 million. Now, what it really ends up being about as well is not just 100 million. Like I was saying, I think when these guys end up fighting, mixing it up, and you have the rematches, and you have the trilogies, there's going to be 100 million. There's going to be hundreds of millions in those alone. But when they start talking about, you know, these guys align with three different entities, when they start talking about the ownership, and when they start talking about, you know, you have to fight over here for the two and the three fights, now that's where the real roadblock occurs. 
Now, I think if it was just a one-off fight, I think that's where the conversation has to go back to. I think the conversation has to go back to one-off fights like uh, you did with the Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. We're just on the one night. But, you know, and that may still be possible with Showtime and ESPN. But with the zone, that may not even be possible because the zone's business model is no pay-per-view. So that's where the roadblock occurs. So that's, that's, that is the conclusion that it sometimes it takes some time to get to. But in the end, you can see that maybe Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are still lined up for an adventure showdown, even if it is postponed, because uh, Anthony Joshua is with the zone. Now, if that if somehow Wilder makes the hundred million, or he makes something close, like say he doesn't make hundred million, say he makes he somehow he comes up and he makes eighty million, or he makes even seventy five million, I would I would step back and I would say, all right, I feel him. He did the Tom Brady. He took. He took the less money to stay with the home team to show his loyalty so everybody can win, and I can respect that. So you you do have a point that maybe that one fight, you know, maybe he just needs one or two fights. You know, maybe he gets that one off with Joshua. Uh, he Joshua and he can get sixty, seventy million somehow. You know, or uh, and then he gets the Fury. He or, or he gets forty million to fight to fight Joshua. And then he he gets the Fury one, uh, another Fury fight. And with ESPN, and he somehow gets he gets um, another thirty or twenty million. So he, it could be done. And you're right with the one fight with the one offs. We'll see what happens. Before all this went down, stuff went down. I did read Eddie Hearn saying that AJ could fight on Showtime. So that's out there. So maybe maybe that will happen. Fury, I don't know what the you know Fury. He he turned into a sucker to me when he started talking the big shit. He went from he went from the people's champs, I'm fighting anybody, to once he got the money that I'm the big dog with no belts. Y'all got to come see me. I'm the lineal champ, even though he retired. Now, MCH, you haven't been here. No, I'm going to say Dr. MCH, and that's not, you know, because I want to put some respect on your name because you are a doctor, sir. So me, I'm calling you Dr. MCH. Dr. MCH, um... With the fury, with uh, fury doing all that nonsense, and uh, how did you feel? Do you think Fury's got, trying to duck people? How do you feel about the whole Fury situation? We ain't talked to you in a while since that happened. Since Fury got paid, no, that's what I want to ask you. I was talking about the doctor stuff. I've I lost my train of thought. Doctor, you're okay, a doctor. Just, you're very educated. You know what's going on. When you retire, and okay, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, go, well, I was going to let you finish the question, but just let me say, though, right, like, don't call me sir. Like, if you got to call me doctor, I prefer you did, but if you got to call me doctor, don't call me sir. I'm not that old. I call, no, no, I just call everybody sir. That's just me. Everybody's sir to me. So it's not, because me and you are the same age. I'm just calling you around the okay. same age. So I'm just calling yeah, you, yeah, I just I mean, call everybody know. sir. When I make my points, I say sir. That's just some shit that I do. When you get an ass, you're not calling people sir. With, since you were five, you just just call people sir. It is what it is. That's that slave mentality. I, I, I still tell people in the boxing gym, you know, I'm still younger than Manny Pacquiao, and I still might come out of retirement at any time. So that is what it is. 
But uh, you regarding said you're gonna Tyson, out, you said you're gonna come out of retirement. I, you know, I might, I might still come out of retirement any time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> might happen. So that might happen. <laughs> let me ask you this question. Um, about Fury, just off the subject. When you retire in boxing, don't you lose everything? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, let me say this. Okay, now once you're a champion, you're always a champion. You know, that that much is true. But there is no lineal champion. You know, this, this designation he's trying to hold out where he says, I'm the lineal champion. There is no lineal title for him to lay claim to. There's no lineal belt for him to wrap around his waist. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily know what type of esoteric boxing definition, you know, I think the ring title, the ring TV tries to latch on to that so they can try to make their ring belt some significance. But uh, you know, I don't I don't recognize the lineal champion whatever that means. You know, I think that's supposed to mean like it's supposed to be the same belt that, you know, Jack Johnson had or you know, and went down the line and supposedly right. it's the same one. I, I don't even, you know, but I don't even recognize it in that sense. You know, whoever the heavyweight champion is, you're the champion. No, yeah, I feel you. I mean, I recognize the, the lineal champ, the man who beat the man. You know, I understand the history in that, you know, with especially with all the fool, with all the belts and all this stuff. But to me, if I retire, well, I guess, you know what? Now that I'm talking about it, he's probably got to be the lineal champ, right? And I hate to say this, and I'm, but shit, if if it's about the man who beat the man, I guess if a guy retires, but then again, if a guy retires and there's never a lineal champion, if he doesn't get beat, he's not the lineal champion. Fury is a sucker. He turned it. He he went from a guy that I didn't like to a guy that I started liking to a guy that I really don't like again because he showed his true colors when all of a sudden he turned into. Hey, y'all got to come see me over here at ESPN, where nobody's over there except Billy and White. But um, let me say it in these terms: I, I don't believe that you know he can lay down his title the way he did. Klitschko wanted the rematch. I don't believe he can lay down his title the way he did, and then when he makes his comeback, say I'm the lineal champion. You know, I don't think he can do that. Once he laid down his title, the man that picked up his title is now the man you know, whether he likes it or not. Now, he had his chance to beat him, you know, and he wasn't able to do it. So, uh, you know, well, he had his chance to gain a world title. Let me say that. He had his chance to gain a world title, and he wasn't able to do it. So, you know, he can't say I'm the lineal champion, though. You're not a champion. You were the lineal champion, Is you know, is what he can say. But, you know, I think that's where he's at with that. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. I agree. I just wanted to get your your take on that since we since we got you on. Um, so I guess we'll close out. Anything else that you want to say on the Wilder versus Brazil press conference? Um, do you want to make? I don't. I, we want you to come on again, so I don't want you to make a a a, a concrete prediction. But you know, are there any feelings? How you swaying about that fight? Are you looking forward to to it? Do you think? Brazil has the chance to become the WBC heavyweight champion. Um, you know, I think 
that it's going to be the the lead up to the fight is going to be very difficult to watch if it's watchable at all. It's going to be very hard to watch if you know if they carry on the way they've been carrying on. It's almost unwatchable the level of ignorance that that both of them are displaying. But uh, you know, I feel like um, emotionally Brazil has kind of been there before. You know, when he fought Joshua, that was one of the bigger stages. Now, when you're talking about big stages, the biggest stage in boxing, you know, that all kind of started with the pay-per-view thing. And first Mike Tyson had it where he just had the biggest eyes on one pay-per-view stage. Uh, The only guy that I know of that held it after him was Oscar De La Hoya were kind of the biggest stage. You know, he was, that was kind of the biggest stage when you fought him. Then Floyd Mayweather took the mantle and the stage got even bigger and now Canelo kind of has it, you know, uh, when you just have the most eyes in one place where you just, where the atmosphere just kind of feels different, you know, when you step in the ring, when you walk into the arena. But, uh, you know, um, Dominique Brazil has kind of been there before. When he fought Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, that was a real big fight, a real big stadium for him. You know, he's been through the emotions. He knows what it's like to be in the world championship fight, the fight world championship rounds. The worst happened to him, you know, to get brutally knocked out. You know, when you get brutally knocked out like that, you can really learn a lot. If you can come back the way he's come back, I'm sure he's really learned a lot. But Deontay Wilder is vastly more experienced in Brazil in championship fights. And, you know, they're just, you know, the level is just a little bit different. The atmosphere is just a little bit different. It, you're throwing the same jab. It's the same right cross, you know, but it's just a little bit different under live fire, under those hot, hot lights in front of the people. It's just a little bit different. When everything is at stake, it doesn't matter how good you did in the gym. It doesn't matter how good you felt when you were running. It matters how good you feel right at that moment, right on the night. And, uh, you know, just, you know, I'm digressing a whole lot, but that's why Floyd Mayweather's, um, that's why his career was such a miracle, you know, because to be, to you know, to be good in training camp, you know, to hit and miss in training camp is one thing, but to always be good on the night, you know, to always be good enough to beat the next man is just, you know, it, it, it's kind of amazing. But anyway, back to the fight. Uh, you know, I think Dominique Brazil is heaping pressure on himself in these press conferences, man. You know the way he's talking about uh, the way he's talking about Deontay Wilder. That's something for only the most experienced boxers to do. For example, Floyd Mayweather early in his career was was pretty humble guy. Honestly, Floyd was pretty humble. There was a couple you know flares that you could see, you know his his cockiness show itself. But Floyd Mayweather was very humble, extremely disciplined. Floyd Mayweather always understood that his bread and butter was in the gym. That's all that mattered was what was going on in the gym. Always made sure that he got to the gym. That was what was important. He was doing the work in the gym. Only later in his career when he felt as though, you know, maybe the challenge wasn't enough for him where he was having difficulty in fights was did he begin talking. And he also felt like that would draw him more money as well. But he began talking and that put pressure on him, so that put pressure on himself and helped him to get up and train for fights. So is Dominique Brazil that kind of experienced fighter where he's ready 
that he this type of pressure on himself and focus Deontay Wilder on him like that. You know, I don't know if that's the case, man. I don't think it's going to turn out well for him, honestly. I would not bet on Dominique Brazil, uh, you know, winning this fight. I would bet on him putting up a good fight just because so much is at stake for him, man, so much pride at stake. It's so personal, man. You know, you know, for me, you know, that's why I kind of go back to the beginning of the whole situation when you're talking about, uh, you know, Dominique Brazil and he's there with his wife and kids and maybe his little brother has some sort of misunderstanding. If I read correctly, just kind of came back to me, if I read correctly, that, you know, it kind of started from where uh, Dominique Brazil's son was yelling for Gerald Washington when Deontay Wilder was fighting Gerald Washington and, uh, you know, Deontay Wilder's brother sort of took offense to it. So, I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, I understand the younger brother's passion is being high. It's your flesh and blood in that ring, man. You understand better than anyone. It is life or death in there. But you got to understand, man, that's a child. But then for Deontay Wilder, Ronda Man Sammy to take it to the level that he did, you know, I thought was crazy. He got to do better than that. And I feel like, uh, you know, Brazil has just put himself in just this crazy position where he feels like he's got to defend his honor, he's got to defend his family's honor, he's got to defend his wife, his kids, his own honor. I think it's he too much on himself rather than him just feeling out, feeling like, excuse me, he needs to go out and win the world title, beat Deontay Wilder, win the world title. You know, he feels all these other pressures that I think in the end may be his undoing. Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from on that most definitely. Brazil did look like, you know, it looked like he had a lot of weight on his shoulders. But, you know, that's when that's when some guys are at their best. So you never know. We got to see. I think um, Wilder has a lot of weight on his shoulders also, you know. I think he really does. Everybody's questioning him. People wondering what the hell he's doing. You're turning down $100 million. A, 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 um, a young black man from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, turning down $100 million. Who would have thought that? But I think we got Janelle on. Uh, hopefully he's on this time. MCH, uh, I mean, Dr. MCH, ever since you've been gone, uh, Janelle has been ha- – he's been picking against every African-American fighter that he, he, that he can. Man, man. You bullshit. Need to talk to this bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Well, hey, honestly, honestly, it's not a – Honestly, it's not about that, though. It's got to be about the skill. You know, it's got to be about who he thinks is will win the fight. Exactly. 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 Exactly, man. But as far as Wilder yeah. turning down $100 million, I mean, hey, I guess Wilder feels – I guess right now he's feeling himself. I, I guess I guess he feels like he's the most exciting boxer in the sport, which arguably – actually, he probably is one of the most exciting guys in boxing. But I'm telling you right now, man, don't don't, you know, don't go gambling with your future, man. You might as well take. You might take that shit, man. Take a hundred million, because you know what I'm saying. No telling when that shit might come. You know what I'm saying it might not be that. Now they did say. They did say he is the most recognized boxer in the world. I think they said he was was he higher than Tom Brady or they did some kind of matrix where they rated the top of the top athlete in the world. I'm not. And they said he was like thirty seven. Number thirty, yeah, they said thirty-seven out of the out of the out of athletes in the world. He was number thirty-seven. Or athletes from America, no, in the world. I forgot what they did. They tried to say some shit that he was around Tom Brady's level. That don't make no sense. 
but who knows? No, nah, that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. I, I, I'm not buying it. I don't think he's more recognized than uh, Canelo. And I mean, as far as excitement wise, and he's very excited because he goes for knockouts. He goes for the kill. I mean, the guy says him come and knock your head off, and he tries to knock your head off. So sometimes he's excited. But on the same note, I think it was a Hey, take, it was hey, take that money. Hey, take that money I mean, while you America. can, man. Huh? No, I was just what? I was just saying it was American athlete. He's the thirty seventh most oh, American, American athlete. Yeah. American boxers, I mean I don't know. He might be up there. He might be up there. I mean, but still, I mean, bet a hundred million dollar contract, man. I mean that's now, something now, that you don't want to Doctor MCH had a good point. Doctor MCH had a good point earlier today. He said that, you know, Wilder might be betting on himself for that that one-off, that one big payday instead of signing the contract, do you think that he can, if he if he does get the Joshua fight or the Fury fight, he will be able to make that $100 million? Well, well in the Joshua fight, definitely. I don't, I don't know about the Fury fight. I mean, if he fights abroad, I could see him making at least $20 million against the Fury fight if he fights abroad. But in America, I mean, the first fight was exciting. I mean, I mean Lord knows what numbers can do. I mean, and Joshua, okay, definitely he can make some money in that fight. I'm not too sure about the Fury fight because everybody knows that actually Fury is not a knockout threat. I mean, Wilder is. And both Joshua and Wilder will look for the knockout. So, I mean, that alone is, is going to uh, create a lot of buzz where people are going to want to buy a, a body ticket to these people. And, of course, there's just phenomenal numbers. And Joshua also got a bigger following over in the U.K., if Wilder goes over there, it's gonna be fucking huge. It will sell out in Wembley's easily in the very first day. Uh, so maybe he's on to something. Maybe he's on to something about not taking that big contract. I mean, and it might be what he's doing and trying to cash out on the Joshua fight and Fury. And then hey, if it's still there, take it. But I don't think he should play with that shit. I, don't. I mean, personally, I don't think he should play with. It. I think he should just take it. That's just me personally. Yeah, and to add on to that, though, to, you know, uh, it's showtime. You know, uh, Deontay Wilder says, you know, quote, unquote, I'm a free agent. But really, you know, he's with showtime. He's allowed with Al Al Heyman and the guy, Steven Espinoza. So, you know, they're they're still, they want to bring people back to this. They don't have this HBO showtime model that they did with Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson. They did with Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. They're looking for ESPN at first to be their HBO. They're looking for someone else where they can make one of these massive one-off deals, you know, network to network. And uh, the key is they, they, if there was a gamble, I think that the gamble would be that they make $100 million if they don't get Joshua over three fights. Because I think the issue is really about ownership. You know, when you're talking about five fights and three fights, you know, whatever Shelly Finkel said that the zone wanted for Deontay Wilder to fight for, I think it was at least three fights. But, uh, you know, the, the issue really begins to be about ownership. But if Tyson, if uh, Deontay Wilder can, and Tyson Fury can link up two times, I think even on the low side, even knowing these guys as well as we do and the exposure they would get through SPN for another pay, for an event like that, another big heavyweight pay-per-view event like that, I think on the low side we could at least say they make $50 million. Now, you know, I think if 
we get Joshua at that point, if if Joshua is truly able to fight on pay-per-view, even after the zone has this, you know, no pay-per-view claim, no pay-per-view model, which I hope is the, is the case. You know, we, I feel like we definitely feel like we could get a hundred million. So, you know, I think that's what it is. I think, uh, if things if things go along as they are, the zone benefits. I think the zone, that model, the zone, their business model has one of the most advantageous things because they're no pay-per-view. But, you know, this particular, this particular move was sort of, you know, put an advantage from a business sense back in the hands of, of the pay-per-view model because there's more money to be made for individual events, if that makes sense. No, it, it definitely makes sense. makes sense, and that's and that's and that's a good uh, way to segue into a, one of our uh, the next another topic is the zone. At first, you know, the zone they they like you said they've got a good business model. They've got a whole bunch of money. They've got a lot of uh, middleweights right now. They've got one of the top heavyweight fighters. But besides that, they've you know, besides that, they're still they're, they got Triple G. They're trying to get um, they're trying to get not Kovalev. They're trying to get Klitschko maybe to come out. They're trying to do some things, but they're not quite there yet. I haven't paid for I haven't paid for um, the zone, and I haven't paid for the zone, and I don't plan on it yet. But and that was when it was nine ninety nine. I don't think they're they're giving me enough to you know even though they've got fights every week. Now, if you're over there in the UK, or if you're a, a British guy over here in America, um, uh, some kind of yeah, y- you might want to check this out because they've got fights every week, nonstop. If you're a boxing lover and you want to see UK guys uh, over there fight, hey, it's excellent for nine ninety nine. But now, just today or just yesterday, they decided that they're going to start charging. Nineteen ninety nine per month, uh, Doctor MCH. I'm not sure if I don't know if you've got the zone. I don't know if you're interested in the zone. But does this do anything? Do you think they're? You know, you said you're talking about them not making doing pay per views. So I guess they're trying to get a little more money to to get in there. Are they just trying to, you know, help pay off these hundred million dollar contracts they got going on? Does this affect you in any way? The zone going up ten dollars a month. To nineteen ninety nine. That's more than Netflix. Yeah, first I'll say, you know, I'm like you, I haven't yet got the zone, but I was real I'm getting I was getting real tempted with that nine ninety nine price tag. You know, you got some big fights coming up. And of course you had Tevin Farmer, Joe No Carroll last weekend, which was a very good fight. Tevin Farmer fought a really good fight in that fight. I w I'm not sure if he was one hundred percent tuned up for Joe No Carroll, but he fought a real good fight. But I was real tempted to get uh, the zone then for the nine ninety nine a month. Um, it is a discount, uh, I believe. If you you know if you do the math over, t- I think they're giving you two months free. So um, you know I haven't done it yet, but you know Canelo Jakes is getting real close. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather watch the fight on the big screen rather than on the computer. And uh, you know I'm getting real close to going ahead and getting that. You know, particularly, you know, if I'm getting two months free. So, uh, you know, I mean, the only thing these networks have to consider is that you, the price tag, you know, the cable companies, yeah, okay, so you're not watching 
uh, cable TV anymore, but, you know, they want you to pay for more money for the Internet connection. So they want to make up their money in Internet connections. So then, you know, the subscription, the, the network subscriptions, you know, the Netflixes, and, you know, they're $10 each. So then you're back to, you know, what you are originally paying for all of your channels and your big cable packaging in the first place. So uh, that's what some of these people have to be mindful of when they're making their decisions on how they're pricing. But when they're giving you the deals of the two, um, you know, two free months and when they're really coming with the content, that makes it definitely, you know, the investment more worth it. So uh, I think they're doing really good in that respect. So what I'm saying though is really soon, man. I'll probably I'll probably get it really soon, probably before uh, for Jacobs and Canelo. Uh, I might hit the Jacobs and Canelo and then cut it off, but you know I could uh, hook the hook my TV up to my my phone and I'll check it out. It might be a little grainy, but I'm not really into the zone fights quite yet. You know, quite yet. But they might be able to make some noise. Hey Janelle, you gonna be paying uh, 19.99 for the zone? All right. Well, no Janelle, no Janelle. Well, um, MCH, we've got uh, one last, one last topic, man. If we can get very uh, petty and full, if we can get get into the shits uh, real quick, if that's okay with you, I don't want. I know you're a doctor, and I don't want to take you down this road of foolery. But we're gonna talk <laughs> about we're gonna talk about A B versus uh, Codwell. I don't. Uh, I forgot this guy's name. Hey, Caldwell. Now, if you don't know who Caldwell is, let me play you. Uh, let me play you what he's famously known for right here. Do you believe that the Lord tonight has set you free? Yes, sir. Turn around and tell those people. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said I like women. Women, 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 women. I said women. I'm not gay. I would not date a man. I would not tear a purse. I would not put on makeup. I will. I will love a woman. Now, listen. Y'all praise God with him. Hold on, wait a minute. Nobody believe God with him. Hey! We don't just preach condemnation. We preach reconciliation. gay anymore and he only likes women now 
he came into AB Adrian Broner's DM and tried to talk to him. Let's see if we can. Let's see if this will work. Here goes the breakdown. Oh no 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 no! Y'all can't be talking like that in my in my group. So I'm not even repeating that. My brother just said some lame shit. Huh? I'm not I'm not repeating that. Hey, 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 buddy wants some attention, man. I block that motherfucker said, Hey, man, <laughs> why would he write me, bro? Do I look gay? Is, did y'all, did, is y'all not telling me something? I don't know. Do I look gay? Brothers, y'all is my brothers. You want me to tell you? Do I got gay tendencies or something? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Why is he mad? I thought he was delivered. Yeah, this thing is <laughs> hey, why, why, hey, hey, six four. Mm-hmm. Tell me the truth, six. What? I got gay tendencies or something. Hell not. Huh? Hell not. Why would that man come at me like that? Talking about, hey man. Then get the fuck out of my motherfucking inbox. Block your dumb ass. So, yeah, they had to go back on. Jack Will came back on with his little thing. I'm just minding my own business. And I don't, you know what? And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say this because. I don't have time. Now remember, um, he said that I was now in his remember inbox. This um, I just posted a, um, I just posted a picture on my page of the uh, of the block. I just blocked him because he needs some attention. Child, don't let me call May Floorweather. You have not won since 2017. How dare you May come in my inbox? All I said was keep up the good work. Next, you know, I'm getting a tag with saying I stay out my inbox. Child, you want me? You want me? You want me. I don't want you. And you need to tell your fans you are that way. We see you. We see each other. I see you. And you do go that way. Now, you can sue me. You can do anything you want. But show me receipts. And in the the words of Whitney Houston, show me receipts. Show me receipts. I got receipts. And my job is not to... Blast nobody or none of that. But don't come in here talking about I was trying to sleep with you. No, you're trying to sleep with me. Let's be real. I never posted anything nasty. I never came I never came to you wrong or none of that. You came for me. You was in my inbox. How dare you go to your fans and lie and then hashtag Andrew C. Caldwell. Who in the hell do you think you are, boy? You are not famous. You have not won in 2017. You broke. Your friends are broke. I saw y'all was doing the Dougie dance. Probably your, your little boyfriends. You need to have a seat. And let me tell you something. God delivered me from homosexual, so you know I can pick up that spirit out of the <laughs> antenna. And I see you. And you do go that way. And you use these young girls as a cover-up. Be honest and be real before I tell the people what you really are. Now, no, you better watch yourself because I'll pull these receipts. 
And I'm trying not to because I don't want to ruin your reputation and I don't want to make me look bad. But you better stop. And I'm not mad because he hashtagged me and everybody inboxing me. And before you know it, it's going to be on the shade room. I don't have time for the shade room. You know they messy. You know these blogs are not good. And I'm not trying to be in the blogs. So now to start number one beating now I'm going to have to sue you. Now I'm going to have to come after you. You and your boyfriends, you know you go that way. I see your antenna, and your antenna is sticking up. Mine is dry and old and rotten. My antenna is like rusty. <laughs> your antenna is all new. Listen, you tried to listen, sleep with me, and that's why as a cover-up, you went on your page and you said, Stay on my inbox. This man in my inbox. And the words of Whitney Houston, show me receipts. This nigga is very gay. AB said he wasn't having it, and this is where all hell broke loose. And hey, look, this is a PSA, because I don't know what type of funny shit boy on, but look, if any fag punk-ass nigga come run up on me, touch, trying to touch me on, on, on all that gay shit, I'm letting you know right now. If I ain't got my gun on me, I'm knocking you the fuck out. If I got my gun on me, I'm shooting your fucking face. And that's on God now. I'm, I'm not playing with none of these niggas. All on that gay shit. And there it is. A lot of foolery. A lot of nonsense. I woke up the other day. I see this stuff going on. Cowell, he's a meme guy on the, on the internet. As, as you heard, he's the delivered guy. He's straight gay. He says he's not gay, but he acts very gay. Says stuff like delivered and men and women with these. That's pretty gay. Now, I'm not against anything gay. I mean, I'm not against gays. I'm not against gay people. All that, you know, do your thing. You know, this ain't what it's about. It's just very funny. I think AB's a fool. Uh, He had a little thing on the Internet where they were doing the dance, this little dance. It looked very feminine. And it's funny how it all came out around the same time that he had that on the internet where these guys are doing like little pelvic thrusts, like five guys. But there are girls on the back. You can hear the girls in the background, but the guys are, you know, they're all together dancing. I think this is very, uh, this is very funny. I don't know if it's real. You never know with AB. You know, he has been taking these L's. He tried to make his name, uh, you know, he, he tried to keep his name in the headlights, in the spotlight as much as possible, uh, like his older brother Floyd Mayweather, which is why he's one of the biggest names in boxing, even though he's been beat, you know, multiple times and been embarrassed multiple times. People still seem to watch him. And this is another reason why. A.B. is all about uh, antics, and this is another thing. I don't think A.B.'s gay. I don't know why he said fag and all that stuff. You know, it's 2019. You know you're going to get that backlash. But this is probably going to put money in AB pockets. Dr. MCH, uh, you know, I hate to take you down this long road of foolery, but how are you feeling about this, my brother? Give us that intellectual take and let us know how crazy I am to play that whole thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, you crazy, man. I wouldn't even entertain that, man. Like, we shouldn't even play that that long on our platform, man. Like, uh, you know, man, you you got a great show, man. Don't even, you know, we shouldn't even give that all that shine. You know, a simple little readout would have been enough for that, honestly. But, you know, let me say this, man. You know, um, 
Now, theology is my favorite thing to study, man, when you're talking about theology. And theology and philosophy, which are really the same thing, you know what I'm saying, uh, what you do. You know, philosophy is basically, you know, the reasoning by what you do and say, why you say what you say and why you do the things that you do. And your theology is, di- is directly connected your philo- to your philosophy. So there really is no difference between theology and philosophy. But um, you can just think of theology as your divine philosophy, you know. But let me say this. That is nothing to be played with. You know, whatever uh, journey some individual has, you know, uh, it's nothing to be played with. And I'll say this, you know, people, different people have different understandings of things. So, you know, and that goes for preachers, that goes to, you know, to, you know, church members, people in the congregation, everyday people walking around just trying to understand their everyday life trying to understand, you know, God through their struggle and, and you know, so I don't I don't judge anything in there, you know, I don't try to uh label anything. It's very dangerous grounds, uh both uh theologically and socially. It's very dangerous ground. So I just stay I just stay away from that because I realize, you know, there are some real issues at play. There's a lot going on and uh, you know, I just I just I don't entertain it. Hey, and I but let me say this. Man. Let me say this, my man. Uh, I, not to, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, bro. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, you got it. Well, yeah. This is you know this is another thing that I was going to say. Now this is kind of connected to the Deontay Wilder situation in a way. Now AB has already crossed the Rubicon in a sense where you realize A.B. might do or say anything. You know, there's nothing he won't say no matter what he thinks that it might cost him. Or You know, and I'm not just talking about, you know, socially or professionally, you know, and uh, person, personally socially and professionally. So, I mean, it's – and, you know, A.B. is not someone that because of the things that he said and done that you – you would have a lot of respect for that you would feel like truly has a lot of respect for himself. You would feel like, you know, AB is kind of living out the tragic tale and a a classic tragic tale. Hopefully he was still turning around. Let me add that and let me highlight that. He can still turn it around. But, you know, Deontay Wilder is, is another individual who, has lately taken to doing and saying some really ridiculous and outrageous things, you know, um, attacking a man's family. Okay. That, you know, that kind of is what it is. You know, separate that, you know, separate that because he has his own story. He has a justification for what happened there. He has his side of the story and, you know, you want to give him that, but there's things he's saying at the press conference, you know what I'm saying? Talking about, you know, threatening Brazil's life and, you know, alluding to the fact that he's going to take Brazil's life, but Brazil's not going to make it out to fight. There is no room for that in this profession. Absolutely not. There should be no room. There's one thing that is clear to anyone who has ever boxed for any period of time in competition. Your life is on the line every time you step in that ring for competition. You can get hurt and sparred. 
you can get badly hurt in sparring, you know, and I think boxers spar hard. Like, there's a difference in an MMA gym and a boxing gym in terms of sparring. I think that boxing gyms, every day is a fight. Every time they spar, it's a fight. In an MMA gym, the sparring is more what they would call fluid sparring in a boxing gym, where it's just light sparring, where you're working with a guy, you're working the technique. And I think that's important. I think too many boxers waste too much of their career in gym wars. They do get better through those, you know, those gym wars, but it's it's just not worth the long run. They can get just as good through the light sparring. But back to Deontay Wilder. Now, Deontay Wilder, he's been saying, you know, the things about those really derogatory and beyond the pale things about Brazil. I'm not sure if Brazil has quite gone that far. He said some ridiculous things himself. But aside from that, the thing that Deontay Wilder is saying that will be his ultimate downfall is he can he feels he seems to be alluded to the fact that he can leave aside boxing skills. He said a few things about, you know, his power and his power. His power is his gift, but boxing skills are what would be the key to beating him with his power and he saw it firsthand. So uh, you know, some of the things that he's been saying in the interviews I don't know if that's his true feelings, but whatever his true feelings are, he's got to understand he's got to get his boxing technique in order because he looked absolutely atrocious against Tyson Fury. And, you know, that's going to be the thing. I feel like it's all going to be, if they fought again, it it all be the exact same fight. But maybe Deontay Wilder doesn't hit Tyson Fury with that big shot. So, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder's number one thing going forward, you know what I'm saying, I don't know why he wants to downplay boxing technique. I don't know if that's his ego or what. But his number one thing going forward has got to be his boxing technique, working on his technique and applying it in the ring and stop relying on his power because I don't feel like his power is going to be reliable as he get goes into these later stages of his career. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. Hopefully it is. I hope that it is. But uh, you, can't, you can't just bank on that. You know, you don't want to just bank your career on the fact that you're always going to have this power and that your technique is not going to deteriorate because you're not working on it because you would rather, uh, you know, rely on your power. So um, I'm not sure what that means, you know, because – I'm sure Deontay Wilder is probably doing everything they're telling him in the gym. He's probably listening. He's probably doing his best to absorb everything that he's being told as far as tactics and tech. So what that means is it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the trainers. It's not necessarily any, uh, you know, disparagement on them or, you know, any bad light on them, but he may need some different trainers. He may need some trainers that teach in a way, maybe they teach in a little bit different way where Deontay absorbs it better. Um, I personally think one of the best things for fighters is to have many different trainers. Early, That's better early in your amateur career where you have a, a large amateur background and you're around a lot of different trainers and maybe early in your professional career. You can do something like what Devin Haney does. Devin Haney and his father is his main trainer. But Devin Haney is really close with a lot of different trainers and he's training a lot of different trainers. And so, you know, he gets a lot of different perspectives on what, the toolbox of what boxing technique is. And I, I love to talk about that too, man. It's really been so long since I've talked about that, but um, I love to talk about that too. But Deontay Wilder has got to get back to that. 
that is the crown jewels of boxing. When you talk about that boxing bag, that boxing skill bag, that is what you're looking for when you're talking about, uh, you know, the crown jewels in boxing. The crown jewels in a boxing gym is that boxing rhythm, a great boxing trainer. Let me say uh, a great boxing trainer is a boxing trainer that can produce a fighter like a Floyd Mayweather, can produce a fighter like a Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, uh, a fighter like that. Now, Floyd is, Floyd is recent, but when you can train up a fighter that has that, has that kind of impeccable technique, that's, that's a trainer you want to go to. Robert Garcia is a great trainer today. When Robert Garcia gets a hold of fighters, fighters get better. That's what you want to look for. Um, you know, whenever you're looking for a great trainer. But that's the crown jewels of a boxing gym. But then when you have a, a boxing mind and a, and, a, and a boxer that can really absorb that and put that to use, put that in application, boy, you got a championship combination. And so um, that's what Deontay Wilder has to consider. That's, you know, those are some of the choices he's got, he's got before him. But I think his number one thing moving forward has got to be his boxing technique. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think we all agree that when it comes to technique, Wilder isn't the, be- the best one. In fact, I would think probably Brazil might have better technique overall, you know, but they're both the same type of guy came into the sport l- uh, later on in life. But Brazil may give him, a, give him a problem. AJ definitely a better technique guy. We'll see what he can do. I think all he has to do against Fury is hit him in the stomach a few times and they'll change the whole fight. But you never know with Wilder. Let's see I think we got a caller on here. Let's see if they're on or not. Uh, four, two, four. You're on the midweek what's show. Up? What's popping? Hey, what's up? Yeah, what's going on? Willa? What's going on? Who 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 we got on? What's the deal? Oh, this is Jay from L.A. Man, I, hey, man, I found you, y'all again, man. I'm glad uh, you're still running it. I used to listen to the one with uh, Shug, Shug, uh, Shug the Republican. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Green, man. Hey, much respect to Sugar Green. I know everybody has their their opinions about Sugar Green. I have my own personal opinions I, about Sugar Green. Oh no, I love Sugar Green. Green. And I fuck with Sugar Green. I love Sugar you know Green. Don't get me wrong. I love Sugar Green, man. Yeah. He he a good speaker, very entertaining. Knew how to run the show. You know what I'm saying? Just at the end, his uh, it started getting like he started getting angry. He was getting angry too much. That's all. You know how that go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, that's it. He, he so, hey, it. man, what you what you got up yeah. on the fights, man? Let us know. Uh, you know what, what we've been talking oh, about. Oh man, I wanted to speak a little about about Adrian Broner real quick. Not a, too much about the controversy, but Adrian Broner, man, he he's smarter than what people give him credit for. I see people just bash him, but uh, he even made some sense. It's, it's truth, man. A lot of times, man, being a black fighter. At the end of the day, you don't get no props. Adrian Broner then showed heart in a lot of fights, then got his ass beat for 12 straight rounds. Guess what happened to him? He gets nothing but bash. Pacquiao beat his ass. Madonna beat the fuck out of him. It was no, oh, Adrian Broner was brave. He stayed in there 12 rounds getting his head pounded like they give Mikey Garcia. Everybody jumping on Mikey Garcia for getting beat up for 11 rounds. But Adrian Broner hey, never hey, got hey, that. Hey, let yeah. me read. Hey, let me read that uh, that Instagram post. You know what I'm saying? Because I do have that. I did send that to Seattle Sam because he's one of the guys that likes to hate on Broner. 
So what Broner says, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to go to say this the best way I can without sounding like a hater. But first of all, before I start, I want to say congrats to Earl Spence. You fought one hell of a fight. And I want to say congrats to Mikey. You showed tremendous heart. But I just don't like how everyone praises Mikey for going up to weight classes and challenging arguably the best welterweight in the division, but lost every round. But when I jumped two weight classes for the first time, I won the title against Pali Malinaji. Then after that, I fought the boogeyman in the division, uh, who is that, Madonna, and fought a grueling 12 rounds. And I've been criticized about that loss to this day. But I will be a world champ again soon. Thanks for hearing me out. Hey, he telling nothing but the truth, man. And that, that kind of, like, uh, got to me because I never really thought about it like that. He brung a lightning to me. Like, he done stayed in 12 rounds getting beat up a couple times in his losses. And he ain't never got props. He done got bashed for it every single time from the commentators to the fans. Even the commentators, they wasn't like, Adrian Broner, he showed some heart. Yeah, he was out there. Nah, none of that. Well, let me I'm say always this. Uh, AB. Go ahead, NBA. Yeah. Now, um, I think uh, in this most recent fight, Adrian Broner was getting the benefit of the doubt. You know that he would get a good fight leading up to the fight. You know that he would give a good fight, and uh, you know it's typical. It's the typical Adrian Broner talk. Not just typical Adrian Broner talk, but typical boxer talk leading up to the fight. You know, this is the best training camp. You know, this training camp is different. And, uh, you know, um, he was getting the benefit of that leading, leading into the fight. Now, like you said, uh, Agent Broner did not put up a very good fight, to say the least. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Agent Broner got beat up. It was, a you know, it was a typical pedestrian performance for him. It didn't look like he ever really opened up. Now, of course, he loses the fight. So, of course, he's critiqued because, you know, um, he didn't throw enough jabs. You know what I'm saying? He didn't throw enough combinations. He didn't press Manny Pacquiao enough. But then on top of that, he gets criticized for his antics after the fight. So, you know, he threatens uh, he threatens the announcer, the guy who comes up to, um, you know, to interview him. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that means anything. Like that adds anything to him. You know, that only detracts from him. That is to be criticized. And, you know, um, takes a snipe at Floyd Mayweather. You know, Floyd, you know, Floyd, to me, Floyd seems to be genuinely, even though he doesn't seem like it, he seems to genuinely take offense. He seems to be genuinely hurt by that. Someone that he's tried to help on multiple occasions. You know, I mean, it's just, um, you know, and to see him act like that towards people who have tried to help him so publicly, of course, there may be behind the scene things going on, but uh, you know. So I mean, and and you know, there's a lot to choose from. You know, I'm not trying to indict uh, Agent Broner right here, but if you want to uh, critique specific things, you want to know where the avalanche of critique comes from, where the acrimony comes from. That's where it comes from. Just the things no. that Agent Broner says and does are over the top. But as far as his boxing skills, Agent Broner around the time of Manny Pacquiao was still, I'm sorry, around the time that he fought Pauli Malignaggi. By the time he fought, he was still undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, at that point. He was still looking at, I don't think he fought Medina yet. He was still looked at as possibly being the next Floyd Mayweather. 
he was looked at as, he, of course, he had his detractors. Everyone has their detractors. Even Floyd Mayweather has his detractors, and he's the greatest boxer of this generation. But he was still looking at it as being the next face of boxing <coughs> when he fought Pauli Malinaji and beat Pauli Malinaji. Still talking that same talk, garnering all that attention. He makes a whole lot of money, by the way, still, even though he's been losing. And then he ran into Medina. Then, of course, after Medina beat him, it's been all downhill from there. And, um, Agent Broner seems to have, you know, like we've been saying, we've been pointing out in a lot, you know, a couple of these different boxers, you know, Agent Broner sort of lost control at some point. It seems some point in there where, you know, he might have lost some confidence, lost control, got in some trouble. You know, he threatened to commit suicide a couple of times. That's a big deal. Whenever people go to that that level in their life, you know what I'm saying, that, that's a real big deal. So, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna say he hasn't gotten any fair, any unfair criticism at all. But you know what I'm saying? A lot of it has been warranted. But but you just made one of my points. Like you said, he he threatened suicide. He didn't get sympathy for threatening suicide. He got bashed for it. And anybody else would have been, oh man, bro, uh, he needs a shoulder to lean on. Oh oh, I mean, it would have been a big uh, social media outcry, like. Don't talk about Adrian like that. It's serious. Suicide is serious. I didn't get that from when Adrian Broner said about suicide. It was like nobody even really cared. It was more of a a, 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 a clowning thing going on. So hey, what and, I'm saying is, as a, like, I understand. Hello? Yeah, yeah. As a as an AB fan, like, as an AB fan, I can understand both sides. I feel AB, what he's saying, and – I feel where he's coming from, but at the same time, MCH is right. Mikey Garcia isn't, you know, saying, you know, saying all this crazy shit afterwards. Mikey Garcia isn't setting himself up for the failure. So if you're going to walk that walk, you just have to, you know, you got to pay the price of walking that walk and being no, criticized he just, he just more than the, the next man. Fight. What? The point is, it's easy to go to the last fight with Pacquiao and say, well, I'm talking about the Madonna fight. He never he never got no love after that. It wasn't – and that was a brave fight. I've seen that fight. He was throwing blows and getting hit hard and, and going toe-to-toe. It he was, didn't get but, the love for going toe-to-toe. It was more of he got bashed for it, and it was a great fight. It was never mentioned like, oh, man, both fighters. I mean, of course, it's somebody like you, Willa. That you know you got some kind of love for Adrian Broner, you gonna tell the truth like, hey, he did his thing. But I'm talking about the general senses of it was, oh, he got his ass beat. That's it. But the he reason, no but Mike the reason Garcia, he's so big. But the reason he's so yeah. big is because he's he's one of those guys that people want to see him get his ass beat. It's just like it's just like wrestling. It's just like anything else. If you like the bad guy, you like the bad guy. But you got to understand, nobody else likes the bad guy. So if he gets his ass whooped, they're going to laugh and get crunk about it. And that's just that's the way so he's got to play. So, that's so untrue. That's only when you're black because the prime example is Conor McGregor. He's been the bad guy forever, and he still don't get that sense. If you try to compare it, I don't care what he say. He's still getting people riding with him. Of course, you're going to have some people disagree with him, but he doesn't got that same let's rejoice when Conor McGregor lose. It's sad when Conor McGregor, McGregor lose. There's no rejoicing going on unless you're a McGregor hater, but it's like the whole world rejo- rejoicing on guys like Floyd 
in uh, the so-called bad guy to lose. The whole world is not rejoicing on Conor McGregor losing and, and anything. Man. He's the bad guy as you could get. Let, let me From say going this to you, jail my man. and everything. Yeah. Let, let me say this. Now, preference what I'm saying by saying I got love for A.B., but uh, now, when you're looking at social media for a gauge, you know what I mean? When you're looking at social media for a gauge of the public sentiment, you know what I'm saying? We're just looking down and seeing what people are saying underneath specific comments. That's not a good gauge. You know what I'm saying? Even, no, the media is my gauge. The, the media well, is my gauge more than – this is what I'm trying to say. We got a gauge. We gauge what we see. Like, you, I mean, and you see – Adrian Broner get attacked. That's true. You seen how uh, Floyd Mayweather is an American fighter. He's an American fighter. But guess what? Most Americans is not riding with no Floyd Mayweather. Most Americans went over to uh, the Irishman's side when he fought the Irishman. Let me, let me say this to you, my man. I read a lot of major on, in the major media like ESPN. You know where they show sympathy for Adrian Broner. You know what I'm saying, and so what what I'm saying to you is you can parallel it. Like there's there's always going to be both sides. You can parallel it with Tyson Fury. Now Tyson Fury was beloved in England, but when he you know when he was talking about he wanted to commit suicide and he was on the drugs and everything, he was lambasted worse in the in the mainstream media than Adrian Broner, and he was a beloved figure. So, I mean, it's, it's going to come from both sides, particularly when you're talking about social media. Now, you know, so, if you're so, talking about – So you say McGregor gets treated like Adrian Broner or Floyd, and he's the bad guy. He doesn't get that same seminar. I'm talking about overall. I'll tell you right years. now. What are you talking about? I've seen – Let me say this. It's not something that you can just say in a vacuum that A.B. gets treated different than – Conor McGregor, let me say this, Con- it depends on what you mean. Like, Conor McGregor is a bigger star, you know, if, you depend- if you're talking about attention. Floyd Mayweather gets treated different. Let's talk about both attention. Floyd Mayweather, it- he's more hey, of a Janelle bad guy has, than hey, McGregor, and that's the fact. Hey, I mean, just let me say this, that's, that's gonna, there's never going to be no negative press, but mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather is a legend in American culture. He is already a cemented, he is a legend. So I mean, he's he a knows that never happened to that. By Americans. Americans don't come out I'll to support uh, Floyd Mayweather. They will go with the Irishman, whoever. That's not true, man. It, Floyd, it and is how, true. Floyd Mayweather is the richest boxer in the history of boxing. How did he? We how did he get that? We talking about the sentiment hey, of on, people hey, with side they riding on. They want to see him lose. Hey guys, one at a time. One at a time. Go ahead and get it in. Go ahead. Let him go. I'll first. tell you guys right now, Conor McGregor is actually hated. I was over in Ireland this past what was it, September, I believe it was. I had a, I had a match out there, a, a tournament that I won a silver medal at. And, uh, oh, go I'm not medal, talking actually. about Ireland, though. And, I'm not talking about his hometown. No. Because it ain't about racial issues in his hometown. It's more racial here. Ireland is Ireland. It's, it's whatever it is. In the MMA world, in the MMA world, Everybody outside of Dana White rejoice when he loses. I mean, they don't. A lot of guys, a lot of fighters can't stand Conor McGregor. A lot of heavyweights want to slap the shit out of him. A lot of, okay, when he loses, crowd always cheers their asses off. If you look at Khabib now, his stock grew significantly because he beat Conor McGregor. And now he, he's really a fucking hero right now in MMA. His, 
his like Air Khabib shirt to fucking selling like crazy. It's like it's like, hey, the man is hated. He's looked upon as a classless idiot. I was in Dublin. I was surprised. I was in Dublin, Ireland. People over there don't fucking like him about how he makes them look bad and shit because he makes them look, look like fucking clowns. I was so surprised. Only one guy met that actually liked him, and that was the guy from the former show. I was with Patty Cronin out there, and uh, he likes him. But everyone else, everyone up there, they all can't stand the guy. And that was okay. surprising for me. I was like, I can um, believe that in his country because it's not it's not about a racial line in his country. He is a if he is an idiot, he's an idiot in his country. There's no, oh yeah, I'm, I'm riding saying, with him because he's Irish. I'm just saying, but in the MMA I, world, he's hated. Those heavyweights want to slap the fucking dog shit out of him. A lot, a lot of heavyweights can't stand the man. And when he loses, but, you don't watch how the crowd fucking cheers their asses off when he loses. Oh, Anderson Silva lost the fucking. Oh, Anderson Silva lost to Chris Weidman. The whole arena was silent. They were silent when he lost to Chris Weidman, first and second time. Everyone was silent. When Tyson lost to Douglas, everyone was silent. When Kyle lost, oh, look at his losses. Everyone chairs their asses off. Hey, the man is hated in MMA. He's hated. And everyone, and everyone, when Floyd beat his ass, everyone out here uh, was talking about how Conor McGregor had heart. And most people was going for most American people. That's why I don't like Floyd himself, because Floyd, he's a weirdo. The only real people that get Floyd support is black people at the end of the day that ride with him and that's rooting for him. Outside of that, I'm not saying it's an exception. I'm pretty sure he got some Mexican fans. I'm pretty sure he got some white. But outside of that, if you go to uh, a Mexican, like I was at a Mexican uh, uh, thing uh, when he was boxing uh, against McGregor, all the Mexicans was going from Greg. Everybody just want to see him lose. I ain't saying they hate Floyd, but they want to see him lose. White people, the same thing. Anybody at my job, when I talk about the fight, they don't want Floyd to win. Even like the casual fans, they didn't want Floyd to win. They wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm rooting for Floyd. Floyd, yeah. He, he should, I believe you. I, I, want believe, him to win. I believe you. They didn't want I believe Like, you. black people are the only people that really want to see him win. And then he turned his back Not on really. black people. Not really. A lot of black folks hate Floyd. <laughs> a lot of oh, black no, I'm not saying I'm not saying all black people. It's it's a lot of black people hate Floyd. But I'm just trying to say, that's his basically fan base that wants to see him win. If you go anywhere else, they voting against Floyd. I don't care if he's an American fighter going against uh, uh, a fighter from Gonda. It don't matter. Americans going to ride with the Gonda fighter over Floyd because they want to see Floyd lose. It's not American pride. And Mexicans, they got more pride. It don't matter if the boxer is garbage. They gonna ride with him. They don't care if he garbage as hell. They gonna they gonna go in the stands knowing that he's about to lose, but they gonna cheer him on. That's our Mexican. We are gonna cheer this guy on. And I respect that from That's a fact. In the UK, it's the Americans, same way. we don't do the same thing. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. There's no argument there. But 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 in the same note though, I mean guys like Floyd and Broner, at times they call them on themselves. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I understand they put that persona out as all a marketing tool and everything, but on the same note, I mean, I mean, he calls it on themselves. But like you said earlier about how Broner didn't get credit for the Madonna fight, I've been saying that shit ever since that fight was over. I was like, yo, Broner showed a lot of heart. In my eyes, he was just overpowered in that fight. That's all it was, was overpowered, but shit, he showed a shitload of heart. And he won the championship rounds. And no, and you know what's ironic? Because at the end of the 11th round, Alex Reza, he put that pill in his fucking mouth. I point this out to numerous people. 
black folks all in general, they're like, nah, nah, bullshit. That was nothing. It was nothing. It's just because it's Adrian Broner, though. And if that was Spitzkin put something in his mouth against uh, Garcia, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Garcia got robbed. He got cheated. Uh, they gave him a pill. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, whatever the pill was for. It's like, it's like uh, you're actually right about that because uh, uh, Broner got no credit for that fight. And what's ironic is that same Madonna gave Floyd all hell in the world in that first fight. And I'm like, yo, can't you give yeah, Broner yeah. props now because even, even Floyd had help from this guy, his wild, his wild awkward ways. It's like, that shit is not easy to fucking defend. But and that's my point. And, and on the same note, a like Broner calls on himself just because he's Broner. No, all I the, understand you call, calls on yourself, but that don't give people right. This is what I'm trying to say. It's like we, we will say they cause it on themselves, and then we'll say that gives the media the right to ignore facts when y'all are supposed to be unbiased. To ignore the fact that, that Broner was, was brave. No matter what Broner said on the outside, yeah. you still got, yeah, got to true, put out. True. I mean, we just give people passes. Like, oh, yeah, he's a bad person on the outside. He said this, so we're going to lie. We're going to act like it never happened. We're just going to say he got his ass booked. Like, I mean, yeah. that of their character, whoever's doing that, your character is fucked up to me, too, just as well. And I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what nobody says. I don't give Garcia any props for that Spence fight. He didn't even fight. He didn't even come to fight. He was in survival mode from like the third round on. He was in survival mode. I compare I him to Broner in the Pacquiao fight. That's what the, that reminds me. I wouldn't give Broner no props for the Pacquiao fight. I can't give him Likey props for the uh yeah for I, the spin. Fight. I give I, you know yeah. what? I made by giving fucking Mikey. It's like it's like for instance, it's hard to knock a guy out who's not fighting back. And Garcia wasn't opening up. He was if he was open up a lot more, I think he would have got knocked out. But I mean, the guy was just blocking shots and all. But hey. That's survival mode. I'm sorry. I give him no props for that fight. And I thought he was the better boxer until that night. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Because that fight looked like the fucking Lomachenko or Rigondeaux fight. That even if they were the same size, his style still would have been a problem for Garcia. It still would have been too much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I give Garcia no props in that fight. I think he, I think he lost some credibility if you ask me. Well... Well, like A.B. was saying. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. We about to go ahead and end the show, man. I want to thank everybody for coming on. My man, Jay, calling from L.A. My man, Janelle, always, man, keeping it real as always. And, of course, Dr. MCH making his appearance on the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, man. We want to thank everybody. Yeah, man, appreciate it, man. We want to, uh, you know, make sure – Make sure you keep on fucking with us. We're usually on at uh, 3 p.m. on Sundays and Wednesdays at nine uh, at 10 p.m. your time. Jay, yeah, uh, and and RC is the host of the of the, of the show on Sundays. I'm the midweek host. RC is the host of the, of the Sunday show, and that's when we do the the wrap ups of the fights, man. So we'll have you anytime. You and Jay, y'all call in at any time. We'll catch y'all next time. Outsiders Boxing Podcast Midweek Show. We're out of here.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.